out. Um, so I'll just give you a little brief about what Advait Katha is. Uh, Advait Katha is the expression of the soul in the form of storytelling. And storytelling has been an integral part of Indian culture for generations. So we at Advait Katha, the aim of hosting uh, Advait Katha is to reestablish the traditional art of passing knowledge and wisdom through storytelling. So what we would be um, requesting our guests who will come uh, through the series would be to share their life journey with us um, so that we can learn through their life journeys and um, you know be inspired to be our best in different situations. Um, so uh, our today's guest on Advait Katha is uh, Captain Kishore. He's an alumnus from National Defense Academy. He's uh, been a part of the Indian Air Force for 10 years, where he's flown the fighter jets like MiG-21 and Mirage 2000. He's been a part of civil aviation post that for 16 years. He's held management positions um, like head of operations, chief of flight safety. He's been a part of um, aircraft and um, accident investigation panel as well. Um, Besides, this is all in addition to him being a pilot. He's flown to Afghanistan to evacuate patients. Um, he's, he's flown 15 different type of airplanes. Uh, also uh, landed and taken off from challenging airfields like Leh, Srinagar, Kullu Manali, Shimla, Kathmandu, Paro, Shillong, Lengui, Mangalore, and Abu Road. Um, currently, he's a head of charter company as the CEO. Um, before I start off my conversation with uh, Captain Kishore, a very short brief about myself. Um, I have, uh, you know, I've done my commercial pilot license from Indra Gandhi Rashuran Academy. I uh, was part of the fourth batch. Some of my colleagues are there on this call today. Thank you guys. Um, and uh, post that I've been in 18 years, I've been in the corporate career. I did not continue with uh, flying for some reasons. Uh, currently I'm a life coach for leaders and executives and do behavioral training as well. Um, besides this talk show opportunity uh, to interact with some wonderful people like Captain Kishore. So uh, Captain Kishore without uh, you know, any more delay, in the whole introduction, I've while I've not mentioned about uh, the air crash and before we go there, I wanted to know from you why are these this list of challenging airfields? What's what's challenging about these airfields? Is it the height? Is it the short runways? What was it? Uh, some of them are short runways. Some of them are uh, most of them are hilly airfields okay. uh, in valleys. Like Srinagar is in a uh, in the valley in a bowl. Uh, lay because of uh, it's one of the highest uh, airfields uh, in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, the altitude, uh, the elevation over there is over ten thousand feet, and uh, you know Kathmandu is again in in the bowl in the Himalayas. Uh, Paro is the only way to go to Paro or Kullu Manali is through a valley. Okay. So you're basically flying through a valley, and suddenly the runway comes out of nowhere. So. Uh, all of these are uh, more of seat of the pants flying, where you're aware of uh, the terrain around you, situational awareness, 
has to be really high. So uh, it's more the man flying the machine than the machine flying on its own, uh, unlike going into uh, any other airfield where there's a landing head where you're doing an instrument approach into the airfield. Yeah, interesting. So, um, you know, there are, there are times that we take on challenges uh, knowingly or unknowingly, and we have the opportunity to plan for them. And uh, then there are times in life when the challenge just comes head on, you know, and there is no choice um, but to just be in the moment and then um, possibly take different routes to addressing that challenge. Um, something similar occurred for you on 29th August of 2019, uh, 27th of August 2019. Um, and uh, if you would, if you just share with us, you know, if if I was a fly in, in that aircraft, what would I kind of see? What would I experience? Could you share that with us? Well, uh, 27th August uh, 2019 was no different from any other day in, uh, the, in my life as a pilot. Uh, it was uh, a lovely day for flying. Uh, got to the airport on time, uh, beautiful, no delays. It was just a short, you know, 20 minute flight from Delhi to a small airfield called Aligarh uh, for uh, maintenance. Uh, we just, the passengers on board were four company uh, technicians who basically getting a joyride, carrying some equipment, you know, instead of going by road, you know, they would have probably spent a couple of uh, uh, hours by road all the way to Aligarh. And this was their joyride, you know, and uh, uh, that, that's all about it. Uh, we took off uh, into a beautiful, uh, you know, nice, bright, sunny day, and uh, all was well. Uh, it was a perfectly uh, nice approach, visual into Aligarh, until suddenly uh, I heard a loud uh, metallic sound from the left side of the airplane, and uh, we had about 40, 45 degrees angle of bank barely about, you know, I would say 25, 30 feet from the runway, you know, uh, 25, 30 feet would be, you know, uh, 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 Captain Kishore just, I think, got dropped on the call. Just allow him a moment. No. My apologies, I got disconnected over there. That's okay. Okay. Yeah. And uh, about 30, just, 30, 45 yeah, so feet. Just, the, just, yeah. just to give a perspective, 30 feet is like 10 meters, you know. Uh, mm. That's barely any uh, height yeah. uh, with that kind of angle of bank. All that. I had time for as a pilot was uh, follow my instinct and all the training you get is to basically get the aircraft wings level and put the aircraft down on the runway, uh, which we did slam bang on the center line. Okay. The first point of impact was on the center line of the runway and, uh, and we went off the runway after that and the aircraft basically turned almost uh, uh, 270 degrees from the flight path uh, and 
we you know uh, barely had time enough to switch off engines and all that we were suddenly looking at was the boundary wall of the uh, airfield uh, coming towards us with no control over that and we could see that the left wing was already on fire as we moved towards uh, the boundary wall staring at us it's like death approaching you know uh, uh, and we stopped I couldn't make it make out from inside the airplane. We barely stopped probably a few inches from the boundary wall and uh, with the uh, left wing already on fire. Uh, so we followed a standard exit procedure. Uh, the emergency exit was jammed. Uh, luckily, we didn't have passengers on board. So there was nobody panicking. It was technicians on board. They, they also got onto the job of uh, trying to help open the main door the main door was kicked open by the co-pilot and the technicians on board, barely about one and a half, two feet for people to wriggle out. Uh, I was the last one to get out uh, and we came out into a puddle of aviation fuel, barely ran about 50 feet away from the aircraft and the aircraft uh, exploded into flames from the fuel around which was spilled. Yeah. Uh, so it seems like a long time, but just walking 50 feet, you know, it's like probably walking from your car to the door of your house. Yeah. And suddenly you can feel, feel the heat from the flames. It's that close. So uh, the first feeling was this can't be happening to me, kind of, you know, that moment of disbelief that here yeah. I was flying the aeroplane and here I am watching it burn down. Uh, it was a kind of surreal feeling, you know. Uh, barring that, uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, it sounds a little filmy or, uh, you know, uh, uh, like a fairy tale uh, kind of thing. But those few seconds before I got out of the airplane, while I was doing a quick exit drill, shutting off the engines, uh, uh, doing everything which needs to be done in the uh, cockpit before I got out as the captain, the last one to get out. Uh, you have a quick release mechanism on the seat harness. You're supposed mm -hmm. to turn it and then, you know, hit it to release the seat harness. Maybe panic, maybe the impact. It didn't happen for the first time. I oh. turned it, hit it, nothing happened. I can hear the co-pilot and the other engineers outside yelling, but in that fractions of second, I had what you would call, uh, I won't call it paranormal, but I had my entire life whiz past me in that fraction of a second from as far as back I could remember from my birth to education, to school, to NDA, flying fighters, to my child, to you know, family, everything just whizzed past me like a film role, you know. Yeah. Uh, I know it sounds funny and imaginary, but I can watch for it. It happened, you know. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's what people talk about near-death experiences. Uh, that's when I suddenly snapped out of it, turned it again harder and hit it this time. It got released, wriggled out, came out. Uh, so that, that was an experience to... 
remember for a whole whole time uh, and there i was uh, the other funny part was we ran, got away from the aircraft got onto the runway and while we were sitting and waiting out, outside on the runway i think probably about 4 5 minutes after the crash we had a up policeman come on us you know motorcycle mm. and he like a typical policeman he had his phone stuck into his helmet and he was talking to someone most probably a news reporter or something and uh, he comes and he taps me on the shoulder and says bhai sab sab mar gaye i said nahi sab bach gaye so his his face had that uh, disbelief that how can people survive. survive this you know and he told the other person on the line he said nahi nahi sab bach gaye sab bach gaye so that's that's uh, it took a while to understand that he was actually talking about us yeah he was asking us about us uh, <laughs> but then he was standing and you know breaking the bubble for him that he thought probably he had some breaking news about people losing lives in a crash but uh, there we were we survived uh, to tell the tale yeah and in fact this uh, surreal moment that you speak about i've heard a lot of people who had seen death very up close uh, say this you know that it seemed while it was a few seconds in for other people by the watch by our watches but for that person who was involved in the incident it's like probably much longer you know time passed very differently in that moment so i mean it's an experience you have and um, you know i totally get it must have been i mean i can only imagine i guess um but when you were so close to the runway and the incident happened um and like you said uh, a practice of following certain procedures took over mentally were, were you right there or were there thoughts going on there as well about we are going to crash or anything like that was no absolutely nothing it, it was it was just uh, at that point of time you're just a pilot flying the machine yeah. you're doing what you're trained to do day in day out uh, just the quick reaction to get wings level was probably what saved us uh, that day if we didn't get the wings level we would have probably touched on with one wing cartwheel exploded on uh, impact itself uh, plus a few other extraneous factors that the cable we hit was carrying 33000 volts of electricity if that cable didn't snap we would have probably exploded in the air itself you know mm-hmm. so it's just providence that that cable snapped so there was no more electricity mm-hmm. passing through and uh, it kind of pulled us to one side uh, but we managed to you know uh, you know put the airplane down safely unfortunately we didn't have one wheel so it went off the runway but uh, if uh, the wheel didn't get sheared off we would have probably just made a safe landing out of it a lot of things could have gone gone wrong but a lot of things went absolutely right. absolutely yeah and uh, what happened post that while um, you know I'm, i would like you to share a little more of what was the journey after that for you one is dealing physically with this crash and coming out alive 
a big sense of achievement everybody else nobody's hurt and uh, injured and then post that what happened post that uh, was uh, the whole you know saga of dealing with you know media the crowd the district administration uh, and while we did all that waiting for the dgc officials uh, somewhere down the line i feel that people forget what those in who experienced that accident went through we just become you know uh, a part of the whole post accident drama whether it's a road accident or otherwise we see so much of you know uh, uh, media coverage where people are busy taking videos rather than helping the people who went through that accident you know yeah uh, it takes a while for it to dawn on people that hey listen these guys went through that accident yeah. you know let's ask them if they're okay nobody nobody even bother to ask us or even offer us a glass of water mm. uh, we were just you know spectacle over there uh, while we waited for uh, the dgc officials to come and then i think i probably got home little past midnight uh, that day you know and uh, whereas i probably would have loved to you know meet my family and hug them and uh, just cherish the fact that i survived that crash but uh, yeah. there i was dealing with the whole saga of uh, media and going to the local police station to give a statement to dealing with the district administration everyone trying to cover their own uh, basis on why what how happened how it happened yeah so uh, that was kind of uh, uh, reality hitting you the real hard mm-hmm. way you know that uh, uh, if you're in ever in an accident nobody's really going to be bothered whether you were hurt or not physically you may not have blood oozing out nobody ever bothered to ask us are you okay you know yeah do you need to get to a doctor nobody ever bothered to ask us that and then what were the few so yeah well, you, you, you get back and you know suddenly the whole saga of uh, the post uh, crash uh, you know investigation and uh, uh, from being part of the management and uh, the chief of flight safety of the company i flew for at that part of accident to being uh, uh, removed from the post of chief of flight safety yeah. uh, being put off flying duties while you wait with bated breath what's next for you yeah. it's that whole element of uncertainty which really hits you you know uh it's like telling a soldier from being on the front line to saying okay you, you go back and sit at home we'll let you know when you can go back to the front line and you are worthy of being put on the front line to face the enemy again it was something similar you know you don't know whether uh, when is the next you're going to get to fly uh, you don't know what's the outcome of what's happening uh everyone is trying to give you advice uh, but we kept things absolutely simple we did our job we did what we were taught to do and we here to tell you the tale 
that was my uh, statement that was what we stuck to all through and we left it to the uh, best judgment of the investigation team uh, yeah. which so we we wait for the investigation team to put in a report is uh, what's agonizing really you know uh, they probably don't understand uh, you know the agony which you face both mentally emotionally professionally and financially uh, that part somehow doesn't get through to people who do investigations which needs to be probably sensitized and yeah. uh, drilled into into the whole uh, paradigm of doing a crash investigation you need to uh, i remember speaking to captain amit also uh, they supposed to put in a preliminary report within 30 days of the crash which never happened in my case for whatever reasons i'm sure they had their reasons uh, i i never bothered to question them uh, and their wisdom on not doing it uh, uh, as mandated by the icao or the dgca uh, but the delay definitely plays on you know uh, the pilots mind and their lives uh, it really uh, is a uh trauma beyond explanation you know yeah. uh, uh you you slowly start sinking into that mm. uh conundrum of uh, did i do something wrong mm. uh when the question of self doubt and uh, uh the whole everyone looking at you as maybe it was you who did something wrong yeah so all those questions which are which are thrown at you uh even the best of best start doubting themselves we all humans at the end of the day if uh, 9 out of 10 people tell you you're at fault you are bound to start thinking maybe i was at fault yeah so uh, that that really hurts not just your self confidence but uh, your self belief in what you've been doing for over 20 20 years plus at that yeah. point of time you know and uh, uh, it did take a toll on me uh, luckily i had friends and family rallying me rallying around me you know uh, telling me that everything is going to be okay but uh, yeah suddenly 3 months down the line uh, well, it came as a bolt uh, in of lightning uh, he suddenly told Hellison, you you're going to be uh, take your privileges to fly are going to be taken away for 12 months. So you can appeal if you want. And when I chose to appeal, you know, you know that's 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 classic Murphy's law. When it was my time to appeal, COVID struck. The government mechanism was you know all shut down. Nobody was working. So my case. got brushed under the carpet because that was not the priority for anyone at that point of time uh, mm-hmm. it might be priority for me but uh, the whole aviation industry was not flying and you know there were more things to attend to you know yeah right people transporting vaccine and giving special clearances to flights from place a to place b so that took priority uh, as far as the regulator was concerned 
but yeah over a period of time uh, that those were trying times i think for me the covid lockdown was more of a boon in disguise than uh, a curse as for many yes we we all went through covid my whole family was down with covid but that period of family bonding of time spent together was something probably we hadn't done as a family for a decade plus you know suddenly mm-hmm. i had two teenagers at home they were playing board games like everyone else cooking you know everything under the sun which we could probably cook uh, i acquired a new skill uh, which was baking bread mm-hmm. you know so i learned how to bake bread and we never looked back ever since we don't buy bread from outside so i think i acquired a skill which i probably would use if uh, i'm not flying i probably open a nice little cafe with uh, you know good sort of bread so that was the uh, positive take away and uh, yeah the journey through that from self belief to slowly starting to build your life brick by brick to both professional personal uh, convincing yourself that hey it's okay to take therapy you know uh, it's it's like a taboo topic uh, people shy away from talking about it not just in aviation in yeah. any scope of life uh, it's still looked down upon i have no qualms no shame in admitting that i did try out therapy uh like i mentioned to you for me it was probably opening out a new door to rediscovering myself so yeah. therapy didn't worked in a different way for me that i chose to uh uh give therapy a try and then realize that i am my best therapist yeah. you know like i told you uh, you can either choose to be the villain of your life by brooding over what happened or you can say hey listen i've got a second chance at life let's try and rewrite our life the way i want it you know uh, yes a lot of people called me crazy for taking up a job which had a lot of challenges of setting up a company from scratch coming from where i was uh, there were people who offered me jobs at probably 1/10 the salary i was earning because they thought i was down and out and i could be exploited you know but believing in myself and saying that i'm worth a lot more than that yeah so convincing yourself that you know at that there's a point you know hey listen let's just take it up everything is a job you know let mm. me just take it up and you know then build bricks from there mm. but i chose to take the difficult path of being part of a startup building from scratch you know everyone and everyone who in the startup world would understand the uh, you know triumphs and tribulations you go through the challenges financially organizational regulator it's definitely not easy economist would you know empathize with me building a company getting yeah. certifications going through that too during covid time getting in an airplane and ensuring it's flying was nothing sort of a you know miracle happening for us and it was pure hard work from a small team of just five people small team of yeah. five people yeah so out of which uh each of them put in their heart and soul so it, for me it's a sense of great pride to say that five people achieved what probably 
you know, uh, a few hundred achieve in an airline to achieve a similar certification. So, yeah, so it's been a journey from uh, self-belief, uh, self-doubt to self-belief yeah. uh, over the last couple of years. Yeah, and I'm, I'm curious to know, like, if you go back, um, you know, those 30 days of not hearing anything from the investigation team and then hearing that um, you can appeal, but your license is suspended for 12 months and stuff like that, or the self-doubt questioning, what was the turning point there for you? Maybe there were a couple of them. Maybe there was one uh, that the you know your your graphs for you uh, started moving uh, in the direction of growing through this experience instead of letting it cut you down. I can't really narrow it down to one particular turning point. There were small, small uh, you know bits and pieces. Uh, some pointed out by a therapist, some by my own friends and family. I was lucky to have uh, a family uh, who were fully supportive. And, uh, you know, that's what, uh, you know, uh, blood and flesh, flesh is meant to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I had good friends who ensured that uh, I saw positivity in the situation. You know, it's good to joke about that. Hey, listen, so what if you're not flying? Nobody else is flying too. Yeah. You know, COVID struck everyone sitting at home. So you're not the only one sitting at home. So stop cribbing, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And uh, and baking and a uh, uh, whole lot of reading, uh, you know, especially aviation related. Yeah. Uh, all, all kind of uh, helped uh, convince myself that, Hey, listen, uh, I can do this. I can do this. You know, it's not about uh, uh, people saying you've been stupid in not taking up a flying job immediately. Mm. You've already been on ground for 12 months. Just take up anything which comes towards you. You know, yeah. uh, I had friends from, you know, Middle Eastern carriers, Emirates, Etihad, Qatar, who were all back home, you know, earning uh, six, seven figure salaries to suddenly sitting at home. And uh, all of them were like, no, no, you're getting a chance to fly. Just grab at it, no matter what it is. Uh, to my promoters, who are like good friends of mine, uh, who had the belief that I was the man for the job. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a great positivity, you know, for someone who believed in me while I didn't believe in myself. Yeah, you know, having so that through that, crisis is a there's there's that sense, you know. Okay, maybe I need to prove their belief right. Yeah, you know that they have put their money in in a guy who's down and out and believed that I was the you know best guy for the job. That in itself is a, a, a great uh, motivation factor. Mm-hmm. Anything from the NDA times, any habit, practice, or anything that probably worked out and helped you during this difficult time? Absolutely. I mean, uh, the going goes, you know, in NDA, you know, when the going gets tough, the tough get going, you know, there's the the fighter spirit in you uh, never dies down. Uh, When you're down and out, you know that you hit rock bottom, the only way is up. You You can't really go further down. So... 
I was at rock bottom already, yeah. and the only way was to look up and uh, you know dig myself out of uh, the rock bottom, whichever way I could. So that's what NDA you know drills into you that you never give up. The, yeah. the human mind and the human body is capable of a lot more, no matter what anyone throws at you. Yeah. So that that definitely always is there in the back of mind. Yeah, and um, what as per you uh, would be your biggest learning from you know when you look back at life today, um, probably from this in- incident and coming through it, possibly one or maybe more that you would like to kind of share with us. Well, uh, like I mentioned before, uh, uh, partly you in your life are your own hero. Nobody else is going to be your hero. Rest are all support services. Supporting actors in the movie of your life, you are the hero. Yeah. You know, rest everyone can come, give you advice, mentor you, support you. They can be supporting actors. They can mm-hmm. add to the script. They can probably have a background score. But hero sirf aapo. You have to script your life's movie and just work towards it. There is nobody else. When I was down and out, yes, everyone else was there. My family was there to support me. My friends were there to support me in whichever way I wanted. But end of the day, even a therapist can only show you the path. Yeah, okay. you've got to walk it. You, you have to walk it. You know, yeah. So nobody nobody's going to you know, do it for you. So if people who go through depression, who go through career lows, uh, personal, professional, Mm. advice is always free. It will come from all quarters. Support will come from all quarters. How you take it to pick yourself up and move forward is your baby. If you can't do it yourself, don't expect others to come and do it for you. That's not happening. You got to do it yourself. And were there things during, um, you know, this long COVID and pre that, that um, you probably did that helped you uh, also stay buoyant and stay, uh, you know, your head above the water? Um, whether I, what I mean is whether, whether for some physical activities you did, did you, um, one you said is cooking, of course, anything else that you brought into your life, incorporated into your life? That really kept yes, you I, I got into forest dump mode, you know, I started walking. Ah, I started okay. walking with, you know, uh, first was just convincing myself to walk, which would be to put on shoes first thing in the morning, you know, so even if it's just walking around the house mm-hmm. and then slowly started getting out when, you know, moving out during COVID lockdowns was allowed because, yeah. you know, we were stuck at home. You wanted to get out. Yeah. So I said, okay, let's wear shoes and get out, even if it was just to get some veggies. It started with, you know, 1,000, 2,000 steps to slowly over a period of three, four months to touching 25, 30,000 steps a day. And, you know, then I started taking up these step challenges, you know, okay, you know, who can walk the most? And suddenly in about six months, I was down about 18 kilos. Oh, uh, wonderful. So... It was it 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 kind of was a good distraction. Every time I walked, I would mm-hmm. listen to podcasts. I had finished audiobooks. I had finished 
uh, audio bhagavad gita uh, that was another great uh, you know uh, relating factor when you start listening to uh, things like bhagavad gita and uh, some other blogs uh, audio blogs you start relating to stuff you know you start yes. correlating to things happening in your life uh, mm. oh okay i didn't know that this sounds similar to my life uh, and this is how my life has panned out so <laughs> yeah. so it's a good distraction so distracting your mind always works so idle mind is devil's workshop so you keep it idle uh, the moment it's idle i would go back to thinking about the crash or what happened yeah. so yeah it helped me in more ways than one yeah and you know when you get punched in the face is when you appreciate safety post this instance is there some intentional gratitude or appreciations of things um that you already had in life but probably didn't stop or give a moment of thought to intentionally absolutely you know this this uh, captain amit would uh, watch for it there's a small little drill at the end of each simulator session before you signed off which you do is the emergency evacuation drill mm. the last part on the item before you leave yeah. the sim you do an evacuation drill yeah and i had both both the pilots you know me and as well as the co-pilot had come back from uh, you know recurrent training in the simulator probably just a couple of months back mm. and it was fresh in our minds you know we went about the emergency evacuation in about 30 odd seconds okay. in clockwork precision yeah there was no doubt in our mind the aircraft stopped i said evacuate evacuate the copilot jumped out tried the emergency exit ran to the main exit all that in you know about 30 40 seconds ideally an emergency evacuation as per the book is supposed to be 90 seconds to vacate the airplane in mm. respect of the number of passengers who are there using 50% of the exits available in the aircraft no matter the size of the aircraft okay you know and we probably got out in you know 30 35 seconds out of the airplane that's probably what made a difference between life and death that day that we here to tell the tale you know uh, we we did what we were trained to do in the best way possible so in the same you know you keep cursing the similar bloody this is uh, you know just uh, a <laughs> bunch of bullshit you know yeah. it's 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 never going to happen you know but there there we were you know we did what we were supposed to do in the best way possible so you know it reminds me uh, of a very famous saying by richard bach where he says you know the highest art form of all is a human being in control of himself and his aeroplane in flight you know it's like urging the spirit of the machine to match its own mm-hmm. so when you fly the machine it becomes a part of yourself not that you're flying uh, even when you're driving a car a yeah. guy who enjoys driving will will probably start braking well in advance when he sees an obstacle or a speed yeah. breaker people who do it mechanically will start braking when they see it and you know uh, yeah. at the last moment so it's there's a difference so uh, uh, flying is like an art form you know every day 
is a new love story, a new adventure. When you when when you get your wheels up, it's it's like a love story, renewing itself every single day, every takeoff, every landing. It's it's just I'm just probably fortunate that I'm in the profession. I am uh, all of us, each and every single pilot. Uh, we're blessed. Trust me, we we definitely blessed. The full gratitude for what I have and uh, all that it's got to me. Thank you for sharing all that. I have loads of questions, but my time is up. I will open house for um, audience here listening. Any one of you, any questions for Captain Kishore? You're welcome to ask. Kishore, this is uh, Andrew, uh, been a batchmate of Amita. So thank you, Amita. That was wonderful. And uh, also the effort of starting. Uh, yeah. It's amazing to, to see the result. Uh, I mean, uh, sorry, I could not come on video. It's uh, some work happening and I'm sorry about that. That's okay. The, the thing I've learned from Captain Kishore's episode was that it's the resilient of a pilot. In fact, it's a resilient of a human being. It's a training that gets us to different stages in flight, also in our personal lives. And this grooms us from the very beginning to handle a situation like this. So as he was narrating all those, I could go in my mind of having been in a situation like this, where the first thing that kicks in in your subconscious mind is your training. Yeah. Which kind of takes you out of panic and gets you into the man-machine interface. Having done that, perhaps you just go and do whatever you have been taught. Subsequently, you realize the sequence in which you have done. And I guess that's when the pilot comes or other steps aside and the human comes where he now starts deliberating in his own head whether his actions were right or wrong, self-doubt. I guess it happens to all of us as aviator, as uh, one of our instructors in uh, academy. Amita would agree, Captain Ubgade, he once sat me down and he said, Andrew, the day you feel that the tips of your finger reaches out to the wings of the aeroplane, that's the only time you start enjoying your flight. So thanks for the effort, Captain Kishore. Thanks, Amita. Thanks for this venture. It was very revealing. And I guess there's so many of us who would like to open up. I'll uh, give them an opportunity. Thank you. Thanks, Andrew. Andrew's, Thank you, Andrew. Andrew's a seasoned pilot. He's uh, flying with Air India now, probably three decades, I guess. So he's a senior captain. Thanks, Andrew. Anybody else? Any questions for Captain Kishore? Was it so impactful? Everybody's gone into silence. <laughs> <laughs> so... 
if nobody else then i i i would like to ask uh, so mukul has put up a question for you what a beautiful story to cope with it and come back from rock bottom unbelievable can you please tell the first 10 seconds when you realize something happened your first reaction well there was not much time to think about anything we had an airplane few feet up from ground with you know the wings dipping to one side uh, it's just instinct that kicks in from all your training and everything is to just get the wings level and uh, put the airplane on the ground as safely as possible so there was not much time to think or feel anything at that point of time uh, it was just the like andrew said you know the man machine interface kicks in you know you, you do what you're taught to do yeah you're not you're not the idea is to not use your uh, brains anymore just just do what you had practiced boringly practiced <laughs> for absolutely the day. um yeah and uh, i guess the tunnel vision at that moment helps you know i'm just focused on that nothing else so uh, captain gishor how do you show up differently as compared to the captain gishor before the incident you know as a person as a human being do you feel there's a difference in you definitely uh, gratitude is one thing which is kicked in massively yeah. you know uh, and uh, counting my blessings for what i have for the people i have in my life uh, like i said the supporting actors of my life are the ones who need a lot of credit for who i am right now no no matter what i can be the hero of my life but without them uh, they are like the pillars on whom i have built my uh, rebirth journey as i would like to call it i celebrate my birthday now on 27th of august uh, even though tomorrow is my birthday uh, you know my current birthday stands 27th of august where i was reborn and i have built my life brick by brick on these pillars of support from friends family and the supporting actors in my life and do you feel your i don't know uh, possibly more compassionate or do you view um, people differently do you have any such experience as well yes definitely i'm a lot more patient now than before uh, i view things uh, in a different perspective yeah uh, you know on how i would deal with it uh, if i was in their place yeah uh, and considering from being just a pilot to being a manager and the ceo of a company i have to view each aspect from their perspective uh, provide solutions provide advice so i have probably grown more holistically than being just a pilot uh, which which i was earlier so uh, the group listening is very shy none of them is coming on camera they're not speaking but uh, we do have few people uh, on chat uh, tavita gaur says i have read in scriptures about the 40 seconds in life summary before death which will be a deciding factor for the destination of the soul how did you snap out of the phase yeah interesting uh 
how did I snap out of the phase is, uh, like I said, find myself something to distract my mind. And, no, she's talking uh, about that moment, you know, when you said you had a flashback, that minute, those few seconds. During the well, uh, uh, I won't even say that. I would say there were probably a few split seconds, you know, yeah. because uh, it's probably a couple of seconds maybe where that happened. Uh, what snapped me out of that was uh, people shouting from outside, you know, and the realization that, hey, listen, the job still not done. You need to get out of the airplane, boss. Yeah. You know, so that's that's what helped me uh, get out in time. Super. So Shreya Bhardwaj, she's asking, very often we have a tendency to focus on the negative and keep repeating negative incidents in our mind. How did you distract yourself and move into a more positive and calm headspace? I guess Shreya, well, you're uh, are... your later stage when, yeah, yeah, please, Captain Gifchuk. I wouldn't say that uh, you can just shut off one door permanently. You know, there are good days, there are bad days. Every single crash which happens in aviation is a trigger for sure. Yeah. Uh, you lose people. Uh, it always brings back those memories. But I probably would have been just one of those statistics. Uh, so one way is to keep brooding over it. And uh, the other way, like I said, uh, is you take the positive from that and say, I'm never going to allow myself to be a, a statistic. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to work, you know, more and more to ensure that I don't form a part of a statistic. So uh, you just have to do like Andrew said, you know, get back to, you know, what you're taught and uh, just follow that to the health it's uh, very rare that you can go wrong once you just do the basics right. You know, aviate, navigate, communicate, just follow that to the hilt. Yeah. You, you will always come out prime. Yeah. And I guess, you know, um, a lot of time we feel we don't have a choice and uh, we don't at times even know we have a choice, but we do. And uh, um, Probably like in those 10 seconds when people called you out of the burning aircraft here, the people in your life, your loved ones, your strength, um, you know, they were calling out to you saying to, that we believe in you. You said that, you know, you, you chose to take strength from their belief in you. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Rishal says right before crashing, if there is one thing you could do differently, what it, what would it be? Any word, any word of advice for junior aviators? So Rishal um, has recently joined commercial airlines and he's a pilot there. So I guess he's curious to know if there's anything you have to share with youngsters like if there was, aviation. If there was anything I did different, I won't be here to tell the story. <laughs> Trust me. You know, a lot of people uh, have said a lot of stuff. Maybe you should have done this. Maybe you should have done that. You know, maybe you should have seen the wire. Trust me, people don't realize, you know, that the aircraft has an angle of attack. And, you know, uh, when when you on approach, you don't really see things below your nose. 
So a, a lot of people say a lot of things, very seasoned, very experienced uh, people from the aviation industry have told me that maybe you should have seen that wire, you know, from earlier on the approach. Uh, it's easier said than done to spot a gray steel wire against the background with sun in your eyes. Uh, you know, a lot of people can say a lot of things, but we know that we did our job in the best way possible to be here to tell the tale. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, I'm curious, did you ever try and go back and simulate the incident on a simulator or something? Did you? That is next on my bucket list. Okay. It's not on the simulator, it's to go back to the crash site, which I have not done uh, in the last three years. I, 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 for various reasons, not that I'm scared of it, just yeah. that uh, I have been really immersed in what I'm doing with the current company that uh, I haven't had. I haven't taken a vacation in the last, uh, you know, uh, 26 months. Uh, so I haven't had the time to go there. Super. So I wish you all the best and thank you each one of you for being here and encouraging us on this journey. If anybody has any more questions, um, Could I just come in? Yes, please, uh, Rajneesh. Yeah. You would not remember me, but I am three batches junior to you from okay. Igrua. It's great to see you here. It's great, very well hosted. Amit has been a senior, so I've learned a lot from all of you guys. Um, uh, Kishore, it's fantastic the way you've come up here and you shared everything. You know, we've been flying for the last, uh, practically, I can say, uh, Air India has been flying for the last. 90 years and we've been a very safe airline till our merger happened and then we realized one main major root cause analysis was this that you all have to operate in the private sector as well as you know especially uh citations and all these jets are going to airfields where there's hardly anything no navids and you have to come across all these kinds of problems where life cannot be just black and white it has to be shades of gray so the biggest thing that I got today was that fear is good, panic is bad. You you showed a great amount of resilience when you could come out of the airplane. Uh, I haven't spoken to a single guy who's come out of a crash site and a pilot. Most of the pilots that we defend or sort of talk about in root cause analysis and flight safety are no longer there to defend themselves. So I think it's it's a major major uptake. Uh, we should we should all have the I think Advait Katha is one place and a platform that is coming up in a big way. And uh, all the airlines, all, all, the, all the other things which are there, even, even for flying schools, everybody can come up together and bring this up. I think it's a, it's a fantastic platform. Thank you, Rajneesh. Thanks, Rajneesh. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thanks a lot. Okay. Very quickly, Mukul is saying it's unfortunate. One second. I'm just... Uh, it's unfortunate reality that very few people in aviation read about human psychology, human mind is surreal. So I always related flying a machine like the movie Avatar, where you connect with a machine. Would you agree having more upbringing and intellect brought in India would be human performance and psychology as a part of training for anyone and everyone connected with any part of job in aviation? Absolutely agree. Absolutely. You know, uh, 
but something which captain amit keeps talking about still hasn't come to light in the aviation industry a lot is fatigue management and a part of fatigue management is how to handle stress yeah as part of your flying you know nobody teaches you that nobody ever teaches you that yeah thanks captain kishore thank you so much thank you everybody on a lighter note amita yes we in air india fly the taruf maktao the 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 biggest ikaras which was there which you just mentioned about avatar and that's the thing that i tell my <laughs> students thanks to <laughs> thanks to you know captain ubgade he used to say be a part of the machine so you got to connect and whether you fly a 777 or a jumbo it's the same thing or a or a 320 or for that matter a citation it's all the same connect your machine yeah, i am so glad somebody brought it up <laughs> yeah and it's like you know being in flow uh, if you anybody is at the book also like if you're a musician or a painter or a pilot for that matter it becomes a part extension of your body it's no more uh, separate from you you know so all the best to each one of you uh, thanks captain kishore once again have an amazing journey ahead and a very happy birthday coming up tomorrow for you thank you happy birthday happy birthday thank, thank you. you thank bye you guys. for this opportunity thanks everyone thank you bye, bye.